Look, if you had one shot or one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted in one moment, would you capture it? Just let it slip. Yo. And we are back with the first shot podcast. I'm Ian Butler, to boy Chase Bammy. And uh, we just dropped our first intro episode last week. Well, actually, this week. Actually, dropped today, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did, I haven't listened to it yet. Have you? <laughs> no, I just wanted to listen to the intro, the Eminem 8 Mile part, and then I stopped it. <laughs> oh, you know what? I forgot that we did that. When you were talking, <laughs> right before we got on this morning, you were saying Eminem, and for some reason... I wasn't understanding what you were. I was kind of just saying yes. I know you were. It looked to me that you were saying Eminem, but in, in, in the back of my mind, I was like, what, what, what's Eminem? And I was just thinking. No, the first shot. M-N-M. Yes. But the M&M soundtrack. I'm like, what is he talking about Eminem? And I'm thinking about chocolate. And th- I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's It's been one of those, it's one of those mornings where it's just, you just, you, you book too many things back to back to back. No, nah, it's all good, dude. It's all good. First shot, dude. How many USA wrestling tournaments have you been to? And the soundtrack is always the same. It's always the first, it's like the remix of the eight mile the, of that. And it's always my favorite, Nuck If You Buck. <laughs> from dude, it's all, especially USA wrestling tournaments, right? I know. Also, like, I know the guy personally who, uh, who sits behind that computer and puts up all the songs and i just i always have to give them shit about it it's like, the same ones on repeat it's the same ones on repeat it's the it's the 80s list yep uh it's always the 80s list right and yeah. and sometimes it's the love ballads or uh love songs of the 80s i'm like dude what, what are you doing what, what like let's <laughs> let's get something else going you got the pirates of the caribbean track right that's yep. that's, a, that's a go-to <laughs> uh a, a beloved one yeah and then, uh, yeah, what, that's a, what are, what are other good ones you hear at tournaments? <laughs> it's, it's always knock if you buck for me. Every time that song comes on, I get shocked that they actually play that. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. We're playing that right now. Okay. That's, that's so. Doing, huh? <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Before we get started, this podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. And Chase, are you a big better? You live in Las Vegas. I live in Las Vegas. I am not a better. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe I'll try. Maybe I'll get into it more. But okay. okay. But you don't need to actually be in Vegas to bet. All this is online. So only thing you need is a mobile device from all your favorite sports, from football, because football's back. Yay. Let's go. Chase doesn't want to talk about his Dallas Cowboys. But the only thing you need to do... What are we we hating on here, man? They won. The only thing you need to do is use promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your first 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. So go to bet online, use the code BELIEVE50. There you go. Well, you guys got a win, actually, this week. Chewbacca. Yeah, dude, I was... I was pretty surprised watching their games. I know. <laughs> you just never know every year what you're going to get there. It's it's uh, it's it's really like a 50-50 every year, and and every year is Super Bowl year, and and that's been 
that's been said for the last 25 years that it's a Super Bowl year. So. Well, I went to the Rams game on Sunday and we beat the Falcons, but it, it came down to the wire. But that was really cool to see that stadium, though. So, so if you've actually been in the new stadium, Allegiant Stadium is probably nice. Yeah, I went to Allegiant Stadium last year, concert, Guns <laughs> and Roses. <laughs> and then I uh, went to a football game. Actually was sitting at the very top row. And oh, no. guess who I uh guess who's sitting like five rows down from me? You probably know this guy. Who? Clay Guida. Really? Yeah. So I'm sitting <laughs> here's here's what threw me off is right. Like Clay's a pretty successful fighter, yeah. done well. I know, yeah. you know, I've known Clay for a while, just from back when I was in Illinois and and then just kind of you know, you, you, the UFC and the wrestling world are really small. The connections are close, but yep. I'm sitting up top with a buddy of mine and, and we're watching the game and then hear somebody yell, you know, five rows down. Hey, is that, is that, is that Pammy? And, and, and my buddy Perch, Justin Perch, Perch, Pammy, who is that? And I was like, Oh, Clay. And it wasn't the fact that it was just like, it was, it was Clay. The thing that threw me off is like, dude, these are the, these are like the nosebleed seats, bro. These are like, like it's like as far up as you can possibly get. And I'm just like, you know, like, I think you, 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 you've done all right. Right. Like <laughs> I would be expecting you kind of like, you know, a celebrity stuff like that. Like you're going to yeah. have decent seats down on the like 50 yard line or something, or at least like, you know, at, at least like lower bowl, you know? So it, 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 it uh, definitely threw me off, man. I was well, like, it was a Raiders game, dude. I, I'm pretty sure if it was Chicago bears game, he would have got treated a little bit differently. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, maybe. I, I, I maybe. Say this, and, and, and Clay, if you ever hear this, don't uh, don't, <laughs> don't, don't take it personally. But, uh, I, I've only heard that uh, he he he, uh, he he can be a little frugal. That's what I that that that's oh, just dude. oh dude, yeah, like Clay is a vet. I remember all the countdowns. He was in title contention a couple times. Um, he's still going. But I just remember, like, he had the RV van that he took everywhere, you know, and just, like, he lived out of that thing forever and just did not want to stay, like, buy a house or stay in a house. He's always hunting, outdoors guy. So, like, that's really frugal. I can't do that. I can't do that at all. I'm sidetracked because there's people coming into my gym and nobody has my keys except for my assistants. On my, on my, on my monitor. Apparently, there's wrestlers in here. But so let me shut the door so they don't come in here. <laughs> hey, that's good though. The good, the good thing, you know, kind of speaking of that, this is actually really cool. Is we've been talking a lot about, um, to our athletes about just being kind of self, self, uh, self-driven. You know, um, yeah. I don't know about you, but talk about maturity a little bit and, 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 and right. You have, you have element, we have, you know, both of us have a decent amount of elementary, middle school, high school athletes, different things like that. Um, one of the, one of the things that really we, we really aim for are intentional about is kind of teaching our high school athletes to own their career, right. Especially not built into the fabric of Las Vegas where other States it's, it's, it's common where you have kids. And I've, I've, I've always heard like crazy stories, whether it's at the training center or whether it was down in Oklahoma state or whatever. And, 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 or Pennsylvania people, kids who just 
find keys to wrestling rooms, find ways to get in and are going and getting in drills on their own, you know, and going to get work in on their own or going and getting live in on their own. And, and that's a, that's a really important thing. And, and we, we've kind of talked a lot about that with our kids. They have access to, to, to the, to the key to get into the room. And hopefully every time they, they've done a good job of locking it up, I'm waiting for the day when they forget. I don't, I feel like oh, it's not yeah. if, I feel like it's when, although I hope it's never, um, but it's been really cool to see, man. And the conversation that really got me on this. So, you know, back training, um, this is 2011, 2010. I, I graduated from college 2011. I'm, I'm, you know, 2010, I moved to the Olympic training center and I, and I just, I, John Smith was my, was my favorite wrestler to watch through college. I would, I would get to kind of be studying and then I'd be in front of the computer and I'd watch John Smith highlight videos and, you know, I try to, I try to emulate his style. Uh, me being as short as I am um, for wrestling, the low single did not really work out in my, in my favor. Although like there's a way to do it, but I, I, I had to kind of adjust it a little bit. And then there was a, then he did a duck under. So he always went elbow, you know, kind of duck slash high crotch, set him to crack down or he, or he'd go fake, fake low single. And it was specifically fake low single to your left leg and then elbow duck off your off your right arm to high crotch. And I'd always like, I'd watch that and I'd try and emulate it. Um, and I just, I had a fascination. I had to eventually kind of make it my own where it became an elbow ankle pick and kind of an elbow uh, knee pull. Yeah. Uh, where I'm going with all this is as I graduate, I get, get done at the Olympic training center. It's 2011. I'm like, I want to go, I want to go find a way to, to, to meet John Smith. I want to, I want to go train under him. I want to go, go there, whatever I can. And I was super adamant to get his phone number. His nephew, Mark Perry is my, um, my coach in college and, and I end up getting his number and I, I, I call him, I, I text him a couple of times. Finally, I get John on the phone. I just was, was, was out of it. Right. And, and being like, being very persistent about like, Hey, I want to, I want to hear from this guy. Why are you the best in the world? Right. And, uh, so I call John, I get him on the phone. I'm like, Hey, I want to come out and train. Like, can I please come out and train? Like I'll pay my own way out. Just let me come and train for a week. And so, um, I, I decided to go out after uh, Christmas that year never missed a flight in my life and it rains and or snows in Vegas, maybe like once a, you know, once every couple of years. And of course yeah. it snows and I missed my flight. And no I, I got to, I got to text John. I'm like, Hey, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I got to figure out my flight situation. I end up getting out there and, and, and uh, he's cool about the whole thing. But one thing I was really adamant was like, before I left that training session, I was like, I wanted, I wanted to sit down with him for an hour. And I kept like, prodding him, prodding him, prodding him about sitting down. And finally the last day he had some time. He's a busy guy, but he sat down with me in his office for, man, it had to be probably almost two hours. I'm just sitting there picking his brain. I, I, I probably get, I probably get a total of like 50 words. And those 50 words were really just questions uh, that I was asking him. And I always remember this one, this, this, this one thing that he said to me about why he was the greatest. And I, and, and, and he said, uh, you know, in, in his little twang is, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I'm self-sufficient. Man. I'm self-sufficient. I'm like, oh, that, that's, that's, that, that, that's, that, that, that's the big thing. You know, no one needed to tell me to go in and get extra work in, you know, and he proceeded to tell me the story. He would do leg laces every single day. That was one of his great moves when he wrestled. So he, yeah. leg laces. And he said, one day I came in and, and I couldn't find a partner. 
And so what I did is I went downstairs. I've ever, ever been in, in, uh, in Iba Gallagher, you, you, there's a wrestling room. You can go down a couple levels. So you tell me he's, he's, he goes down to the basement. He finds a janitor and he asked the janitor to come upstairs and, and let him drill his leg laces. He's like, well, all you got to do is you just, just got to lay there. You got to lay there and, and I'm going to drill my leg laces. And, and, and that's, you know, so he's telling me this whole thing, but um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it, it's, 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 it's incredible to think though why people are great, why the greats are the greats, right? Yeah. Like something like that, like, you know, I don't know personally, like I would have thought that way. Like I'm going to find a way, this is what I do every day. And there's nothing that's going to stop me from doing that, that, you know, he goes down and finds a janitor and, and I would, I don't know if I would have thought of that. I mean, really? Yeah. All the guy had to do was lay there and, and John had to wrap up his, you know, 30, 40, 50, whatever single legs, however many, or, uh, leg laces he was doing but testament to kind of being self-sufficient right and 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 being willing to um being willing to do what nobody else is 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 doing right there's always like the pack but then what are you doing to separate yourself from the pack yep. and uh, there's no secrets to why like the greats are the greats and what they do you know why the best of the best of the best of the best you know jordan burrows winning seven world titles i mean there's there's no secret there. It's just these guys do, you know, almost seemingly unimaginable things. They make those sacrifices that, um, that we just don't eat, you know, that, that people just don't see, right. Like those, those moments. So kind of tying that all back in is, is, is right. Like self-sufficiency is, is, is important, but you know, what, what are you guys doing on, on, on your end? And, and how are you seeing that among your guys? Oh, it's almost, it's almost the same story, bro. Cause like I started my MMA career early. So like my guy that I looked up to was Dean Lister and not only because Dean Lister ADCC was in your city this weekend. Yeah. You know, and Dean Lister made it to the hall of fame. And that was my coach that I tried to die to be under because he was a five-time world champion and he wrestled. So his jiu-jitsu style was like wrestling base, right? So same thing, dude. I actually had a great experience of like flying out to San Diego. And that's how I mostly ended up on the West Coast. Because he coached actually Mola Wall to, to a world title in Strike Force. Mola Wall that wrestled at Oklahoma. He had a good, he had a great college career right. as well. King Mo. Like, you know, so like um, and then I ended up going to the same gym and then he was coaching that day and then i was the one that actually walked up to him and be like hey can i train with you can i do that and he actually like i actually got to go live with them and stuff like that and uh i was at am i was the top amateur at the time and i'm getting his phone number and we kept in touch and then i ended up living with him doing training camp and stuff like that so oh. and then like dude it was uh it was really cool. Like I ended up living with them and like, you're talking about a guy that fought in like pride back in the day, like back in the Japan days, stuff like that, like the gnarly stuff and just fighting in the UFC and, and not only that, but raising a lot of champions. And like, I swear it sounds funny. I'm in the next room. He used to put me to bed, but like bedtime stories of just like, Hey, this is what happened back in the day and, and stuff like that. And, and uh, every night before I went to bed, before my fights, he used to make me watch an inspirational video of like some of the top fighters today or the top rest. Like, hey, this is what King Velasquez does. He's relentless. You know, you can use your style and that. And he's always been a good, like a good person in my life. 
you know, and stuff like that. But it's the same thing, dude. Like I, um, I did sprints today, even though I have something coming up in December, but that's ways away. Right. And I think both of us, for us to reach a high level, to do stuff like that. Right. Like, oh, like, especially with my style, I'm more of a pressure guy, stuff like that. I need to have sprints in my arsenal to kind of have that style, that explosive boom, don't get timing kind of grindy style. Like, but it's, uh, it's a lot harder doing it without telling your coach, like, Hey, you gotta do this. Right. Like, Hey, like, damn, I got to wake up in the morning and do sprints. It hurts. Like it sucks. Nobody wants to do it, but that's what's going to separate you from the pack. Right. So pretty much that's it, man. Like, you know, and I think also too, like open mats, we have open mat on Sunday, on Sundays. Who's going to show up for open mat? Are you just going to rest and chill on the weekend? Or who's going to show up? And it's always like these kids that always show up. And I can see their improvements getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Because in a way, it's kind of a cheat code. It's, it's kind of like almost like a free private lesson in a way. Especially yeah. if you have a coach there. Like, hey, I'm having trouble with this. I'm going to travel with this. And I think the biggest thing that always helped me out, a notebook, bro. Like having a notebook, asking a lot of questions. What did I do wrong here? I think film breakdown is really good, right? Watching, stopping, rewinding, because I think it's all in the details when you start reaching the levels. What did he do different here? Pretty much that's what separates. That's how you get to a higher level, right? It's just meeting mentors like that. And I think not being scared to approach him uh, at all, dude. I had a guy named, do you ever remember a guy named John Fitch at all? Oh, yeah. John Fitch wrestled at Purdue. Did he have, did he fight GSP? I'm trying to remember. He fight GSP. <laughs> it, it did not go well. <laughs> but yeah. yes. Yeah. And him and Todd Shanks were teammates. Um, John Fitch fought on Bellator. I'm like, damn, dude, I've been watching John Fitch forever. Like gritty style, like Midwest boy from Indiana. I approached him too. And we started doing Zoom meetings about like, hey, like, what is your nutrition like? He's always been like a big dieter. And I'm like, you know, and, uh, and he became like a mentor in my life as well. So I think it's that too, like not being afraid to approach people, doing extra work, make sure you have notebooks, write stuff down. I think that's the key. Yep. And that, dude, it, it's so important. I think teaching like kids knowing nowadays and, and really anybody, right? Like you've got to be proactive in your growth, whether you're, you know, whether you're in your own job, your business leader, you're high-end chef, you're a, whatever it might be, right? All those things, um, you've got to be proactive. And I think how important it is to like, just to, just to be active in, in development, right? Like teaching athletes. That's one thing that I really try to hone in on. Like one of our communication value or one of our values is communication and, and teaching our athletes to like hone in on like, on your growth, on your development, right? On your progress. You know, you own a business, you're, you're a high level athlete. Yep. You know, I, I own a business. What, you know, what a high level athlete. And, and, um, we know I was driving over this morning, listen to Maxwell leadership podcast. And that's just, if you don't listen to a really, really solid podcast, but, um, you know, I, I just always listen to these high level people and just being like, Again, just being active, like going out and finding someone that's better than you at, at, at what you're doing, better than you. And I've come to a point now where I'm like, I try to find people that are better than me in like every facet, right? Like financially, like who's better than me 
that I can, that I can, that I can learn from, right? Like who wrestling, like who's better than me that I can like pick their brain about wrestling, like managing infants, all these things. You know what's, you know what's funny, you know, you know what's funny, how long, because I remember that mindset. I don't know if you ever, how long did it take you to get there? And then before you got there, how was you before? You know, because I think you see the kids that like in the room that avoid going with good partners because they know that they're going to get smashed in training, right? Right. Right. And then you also have the kids at the elite levels, like, you know, like Manny, your Super 32 kid that like, who's the best one in the room and they run to the best kid in the room. Right. Right. So like, how did you get to that point? So I think that, 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 that's an interesting question, right? Like, how did I get my kids to that point or, or how did I, how did you get to your, how did you get to that point personally? Dude. So it was something kind of in me. So this goes all the way back to, to high school and, and church and coming up through, uh, like coming up through church, we were always really encouraged to kind of find somebody to be our discipleship leader or someone to kind of mentor us. And it really, I don't remember like a defining moment, but that was just like born into the fabric of like what I was doing already when I was in high school, like in my church, I had a big church, but I was always trying to find like, and maybe, you know, this made me invulnerable. Maybe it was me. Like I'm close with my dad, but my dad's not somebody that I go to that I have like life stuff. My dad's a goofball. If you ever watch him on my Instagram stories, he's, he's a character and I love him, but he was never like the guy that I really went to for, for, for advice. Right. So it kind of maybe worked two ways where there were a lot of older, like leaders in my groups, you know, my, my small groups or discipleship groups, whatever they were, but I was asking people all the time, pastors, leaders in the church. I mean, one time I had like a list, of like 12 people on my phone that like weekly I would go get lunch with, or I would just I would go, I would go and get coffee with, and I just, I wanted to like pick their brains. And then I got to college, same thing. It was already kind of going and everywhere I've lived and went, that's something like I've always sought out is, is leadership, dude, is people, you know, or people that are ahead in the game. Now it's just become, like I was saying, it's become more refined where there's certain areas of my life that I'm like, okay, I, I need somebody who's ahead here. I need somebody who's ahead here and, and, and really trying to have kind of people in all different realms to, uh, to kind of pick from and learn from. Right. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I'm the same way too. Um, but I definitely had, I definitely, uh, had a definite, like a big, a couple mentors in my life to help get me to that point though, too, you know, and even when I fight and even when I perform, like I have a, uh, I have a mental coach that we go over and just like you know um a cool exercise we do is like the circle wheel you know before camps and the analogy of it is just like you have a car right you have your dream car let's just say we're in the pandemic nobody's on a highway you can go 100 miles per hour but the circle wheel is split up into different sections of like your dad right let's say girlfriend marriage right school coaches right and you got to number it one to ten and the deep dive of it is if one's a seven and one's a six, right? How can we go a hundred miles per hour on a flat tire? Right. Wow. And we have to do a deep dive of how can we get those to 10? Right? right. So 
we do that every camp so we can just like he goes like hey sometimes like performing at this level when you're a guy like you have to amend those relationships and make sure everything's going good so nothing will come in and throw curveballs while you're trying to perform and while you're just trying to be free right and just trying to focus on performing at the same time right and training so yeah that's a he's a big one his name's Corey. Like he's a big one in my life. Just like, hey, is everything good? It's like, how's everything? Like, we focus. Like, he goes, hey, are you taking yourself to those dark places today in training camp? You know, just pushing the edge. Are you getting outside your comfort zone today, right? And pushing yourself, you know, because he knows those are just growth. Those are growth spaces, you know. And I think those are really big. You feel like the evolution of mindset within sports and is is evolving quicker than ever before. I think so, man. Like, I think, um, cause like, I, I like, cause like, dude, like I went through my trials and tribulations of like, like when I lost, I lost back to value. I was devastated. Right. And I'm like, how can I get better? And he's just like, and I just remember meeting the vets, right. And the world champions. And they're just like, it's mental. Right. And I just, just seeing, it's just everything for me. Just like seeing the way they conduct themselves, they walk. And a lot of them is just the mental, the mental game of them is just, dude, uh, up a thousand percent. Just like, I'm not afraid to lose. I'm not afraid to get in these positions. Right. And they're just free out there. Right. And I think the mental game is, is huge. Cause I did research on MMA. There's only like two or three people that won titles in their twenties. Right. Which is like John Jones, I think Connor. Why did you check? And they're like, why are there only 20s? Most of all the guys in combat sports, like, it's always like 33, 35, 36. Why? It, it is a development thing. But I also think that, that like, they're mature. Their mind got developed through, right? It got hardened over. And they can make those, they can make those mental adjustments and they're just seasoned, right? And they're just mentally just strong that they can get through those hurdles. Right. right? And, they're, and they're like, you know, like, and I think it's just rare to find a 20 year old that can go through those, that fire, like, you know, like they need to be seasoned and they need to go through stuff, you know? Um, and I think it's huge, man. I, I just think we're just hitting our peak on it, man, because there's none of this stuff was around when we were around like the mental, like it was, it was kind of currently to talk about yeah, the struggles, especially in a combat sport for like wrestling right. in like any of that. Right. Yeah. So, it's, it's so interesting, dude, because, right, so I lived at the Olympic Training Center 2010, 20 to 13, and then had another stint, and I kind of moved around a little bit, but my, my you know, had pretty good success my first two years, and then was kind of hitting a mental hit mental block, and, and they, they had free sports site training as kind of athletes who live there, and I remember I went in, and I was doing it consistently, but it was... And, and maybe it was my stubbornness a little bit of like, this is how I did things and I didn't want to change it. And, you know, I think I was very good at what I did. I, as far as like being great, I'm pretty honest with myself. Like I was a good wrestler, had a good international career, but as far as become, being like a great in there, didn't really do it. And I think it was one of those things where if I look back now, and, and, I, and I had a chance to do it over, right? I don't have a regret, but like, I always do like to think like back more for learning purposes now, but being more open-minded to trying things and committing to things that, that, that w- would help pro- progress 
and 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 help me make adjustments. And one of those things I think was was sports psych, and I did use it for such a little bit, but it was something that lot not a lot of athletes were really talking about at that time. But now it's um I see it all over the place in different ways with different people. I know for us, um, I I just made the commitment. I, I I some people feel a certain way. I think the mindset mindset training um that that that's used in wrestling um i i think it's it's it, it's it's a solid product this is not a plug but it's more just like i believe in 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 the development of 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 of, of the sports psych and 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 the development of athletes and, and teaching them to progress like being specialized in that area right like we teach wrestling you and i we're specialists yep. at that, but really I'm not a specialist in sports psych, right? Like I'm not a specialist right. in mindset training, but bring someone that can do that and make it, make it even more uh, practical. It's such a huge thing in sports today, man. I, in, 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 in really in all levels and the, and the, the, the progression of sports now is so, it's just so interesting to see. Like it's so interesting to see 10 years, even five years ago, whether it's wrestling MMA or, 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 or whatever, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely huge, man. It's absolutely huge. And I think like the biggest thing though, too, like is uh like when I read like like one of my favorite athletes all the time is Kobe Bryant, right? And I have his book. Like, and it's just the Mamba mentality, right? Like now it's starting to be with mentality, like, you know, and stuff like that. We're uh, dude, we're just scratching the surface on all of it, dude. Yeah. You know, for sure, dude. Like I because I'm pretty sure like Manny's mindset. Is just like, like pretty, like solid, like you know, and like Jesse Grajeda, like when we're going to Pan and Charles, just when I sat down, and he, like breakfast with him, and yeah, and he goes, and I'm just sitting, and I'm like, man, this kid's like 14 years old, and I know some kids are already like a senior in high school, and he's like way ahead mentally, to to even qualify to go to Pan Am Trials, right? It's a huge, like it's a huge thing, and you know, and he's just like. Man, I know who I gotta be. I know how to get. And in between matches, he's like watching the film and doing stuff like that. And he just like, I'm just gonna go out there and just let it fly, you know. And then he lost his. He lost in the finals, one to zero. He was upset that he lost. He was more upset that he goes like, "Man, I wish we would have like opened up more." Like both of us was hesitant, you know. And uh, I wish we would have let it fly. He's like, I'm just really upset that I lost in a boring match. Yeah. One to zero in a freestyle tournament. He goes, "Who's win? Who wins one to zero in the freestyle?" Know you could win one to zero in a freestyle match. I thought there always had to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm trying to legitimately think like how that happens because right, like even it was just a step shot, out, bro. Even if you got a step out, no one got put on a on a on a shot clock in the second period. See, I mean. Yeah, that that this is where <laughs> no, I, mean, I get that, a little bit. This is where I get a little bit upset. Yeah, no, they didn't put us on the shot clock. They didn't put him on the shot clock. He gets the step. He gets the step out, and we go into the second period. And the video review is like, this is my thing. So you have the judge at the table, and then they land on the knees. Jesse pushed him out, but he goes, "Hey, his chest was on top of him, and the knees were on the bottom." So. They're grounded. Yeah. But I'm like, but he, la- I'm like, but he was in the air when he landed on the ground, you right. know? 
And then my perspective was in that decision, coaching decision while you're sitting in that chair, right? I was like, man, do I throw the brick? Right? Or I was just like, man, dude, like the head guy is going to review the thing anyway. And he was the one that's screaming like, no, he's grounded across the way. I'm like, well, he's going to review the tape anyway. He's already saying he's grounded. Might not take a chance, right? And then I'm like, well, we're down 1-0. I was like, I'd rather let my kid let it fly on the feet because he's good on his feet. Just let it fly so we can just go get one, right? So like, yeah, but they did not put him on the clock at all. At all. You know, I know. But it is what it is. It's just one of those things in life, right? It's just, it is what it is. We just have to deal with it. It's the ultimate. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. I know. But, I mean, but Jesse's mindset was just like, even though we lost and he's alternate and he's upset, but like he's said that he's like, man, for a 14-year-old kid to be like, breaking stuff down to be like, we were both hesitant. We both didn't open up. You know, we knew what was on the line. We both kind of wrestled scared in a way, you know, because yeah. I wish I just would have opened up more. He would open up more, put on an exciting show. And which, I mean, that, I mean, his mindset is probably light years from any other kid. Like, it's probably wrestling now. Like, a lot of people don't think like that. Right. Dude, you were talking about kids. You were, you were talking about, you know, you were talking about Manny and, and then, you know, you're talking about, um, the kids growing up, right? Mm-hmm. Like you grew up, we, we, we've talked and maybe we touched on this a little bit in our last podcast. Yeah. We, we've talked a little bit about how you grew up, how I grew up generation to generation. It's always different. You always hear the saying of like, oh, these kids aren't the same way anymore. You know, like the generation <laughs> before would say that, you know, I'm sure we're only a couple, a year or two away from saying that but there's, there, there's like, there's truth to it. And then there's also, there's like a good part of it though, right? Like, because every generation is evolving, right? Every generation yeah. is doing something different than the next, last generation didn't do. They want to, they, you know, they don't want to do something that the generation did, whatever. And those are all, those are all really great things. Um, but one thing I think that can't be like overlooked is how kids grow up and how their surroundings mold them, right? We've all seen those kids that, really tough situations, really tough life situations. And yeah, you get the kids that go this way and you get the kids that go this way. And then you kind of have the kids that grew up in middle class or however you want to break it out, upper class and how those different things mold, mold athletes. But dude, how, how have you seen that? Right. Cause like, there's always, um, it's, it's, it's interesting enough to say like, you know, I was a communication studies major. A lot of what we did in communications, was kind of subtle the study like sociology and you'd study, um, you know, you would look at different um, communication styles of, of different kinds of people and different cultural communication styles, styles of culture. And um, like, even, even like, you know, groups, upper class, middle, how all that different stuff happens. Yeah. But I'm always interested, like how kids develop and, and, and how those surroundings really mold them in the future, you know? Okay, so, like, I... So, I see it both ways, right? So, like, I... I um, 
So from my backing of growing up where I was, right, of like homeless shelters, going to soup kitchens to get an adopted to a family that actually had some decent amount of money, right? To um, So from growing up in Ferguson, like, wasn't good, right? But it gave me the struggle of like, everybody's trying to make it out through athletics, right? Yeah. And grinding hard, right? So like that griminess come from where I grew up in the streets of that, in that hard neighborhood, right? And that's in my heart, and I would never leave. Um, I think that's why uh, I had a good conversation about that. Like, cutting weight is always hard for people, and they don't like it. For me, it's a little bit more easier, because I grew up, like, trying to go to soup kitchens, and, like, if you don't get there at 10 o'clock, you don't eat, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, my mindset of cutting weight is just, like, I'm actually, like, probably like dieting, not eating for a goal now more than anything. So it's a little bit more easy for me, but I also grew up in a different situation, right? right. Interesting. So it's that's an interesting part for me for like losing weight, dieting. And I'm like, like my hunger pains is like, I'm working for a goal that's going to make me have a better life opposed to like, I just can't eat today because I can't afford it, right? right? So my mindset is different with that, right? That's why I never had trouble in a sauna. I never had trouble making it to the scale at all. So going to CBC for Cornell private school, right? We had DJ Shannon that's from East St. Louis, different, right? And you have some parents there that drive probably like Maseratis or like nice cars, right? And they wonder why that like, why aren't my kids starting over like a DJ Shannon, right? DJ Shannon has to drive four hours or three hours and probably has to catch the bus right? And he's staying there early to get practice reps in because he has to be there early because the bus drops him off early. And he has to stay there late just so he can get a ride home. That kid's outworking your kid. It doesn't matter how much money you have. Right. Can't buy his spot. Like it is what it is, right? And you're, and that kid probably is just like, oh, whatever. Like he has it easy because he has a cushy life though too, right? Yep. I also seen the other side of I had a kid named Adam Gasso that they live in Newport Beach, <laughs> right on the beach, bro. When I first moved here, I'm like, how can I motivate the kids that, because I was my struggle, like, how can I motivate the kids? Because most of the kids I did have came from a struggling background. It was easy to, like, if they need to do an extra sprint, they go get it, right? He grew up very, with a lot of money, right? Pretty much can have, parents will have everything, but the parents use athletic and sports to help drive them to make sure they have a, uh, a very successful life in adulthood of right. working for something, right? He was never missed a training session, <laughs> never, never missed private lessons, never like, you know, if they needed a car ride there, boom, they had a driver to take him there, right? And he's a, and you can't say that he's not a hard worker and doesn't deserve anything because he's just a grinder and it's just, his parents set him up for success, you know? But right. their parents also too, it's just like, Tell them like, hey, just to let you know, this house and all the properties we have are not yours. These are ours because we work hard for it. Yeah. You know, we're not going to give you anything. We will give you the tools to be successful, right? But we're not going to hand you anything. Right. You know, so I've seen the both sides of both and they, they both work, right? But at the end of the day, I think it all comes to support system, right? Yeah. Those parents are extremely supportive. Right? right. And I think I see some of the other rich kids that are just like, 
they, they kind of cuddle their kids a little bit, right? <laughs> like yeah. it's not going to work, bro. Yep. It's not going to work. They can go back to mommy and daddy and be like, oh, well, my mom owns this. My dad owns that. I will be good. Right. That's, that's not a, that's not a version of success at all. Like later on down the road, like when life hits you later on down the road, like you're going to be in trouble, dude. Yep. You know? Yep. So that's, that's the way I definitely seen it for sure. So let's like transition that dude. How are you, how are you preparing your kids for like life down the road other than just wrestling? Um, you know, we, we were mentioned a little bit about like leadership and stuff like that, but like, what are you yeah. doing with your kids to help prepare them for like the good times, but also the tough times uh, <laughs> that are coming that are inevitable in life? So I also like, so I think mental talks, man, I'm so big on those and like having little group meetings. Um, I, I, um, I figured out, I think different people had different coaching styles. Your coaching style can be different from mine's, right? Yeah. Um, just because of same thing, backgrounds, stuff that you enjoy in life, right? I'm more, we both teach good technique, right? Um, we both have successful kids. I'm a huge believer of coaching the heart and getting to know people on a personal basis because I'm just like, how can you coach somebody right? If you don't really know who they are, right? And it also gets kind of hard when you have a lot of kids in the program, right? But it's it's probably the kids that like ask questions and stuff like that. Damn, they really want to learn. Yeah, Those kids you really get close to because they you can see the passion and they want to go like, you know, so, and I also tell them too, like, man, just enjoy the good times of when we're traveling or when we go to Virginia Beach or staying in the house and having fun, you know? Um, enjoy those times. I, I think like, um, in fighting, just like you make weight, you're having a good time, you know, when you go out to dinner and you're with your family and friends and you make way and you're, you're good and you're having a good dinner. Enjoy those times because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, sure. I don't think ever, anybody ever talks about that. Right. Like, I think like it's maybe I'm a little bit older and I probably got like four more years or five more years left. Like, the, the joy of just like being in camp and camp sucks, right? Like, you know, the joy of making raid and having your loved ones and, and you're cheersing like, oh, to chase, good luck tomorrow, right? Yeah. And stuff like that. You, you just got to cherish those moments because they, they can end, like, you know, and when you're not competing, but now you have different moments of when we have the kids together and stuff like that. Just cherish that moment because you do not know what tomorrow is going to bring, you know? Yeah. You could go 0 and 2. You could make it to the finals. We, we're, we don't know what the future is going to bring, you know? So I, I, I say to my kids, always cherish the happy times because it's life is a roller coaster, man. It's speed bumps. I always tell them it's speed bumps. It's not Mount Everest. We can get over them. Like, right. you know, it's speed bumps. So let's enjoy these times. Um, and then if we do have struggles in life, like they're hard, um, it sucks, but also everybody think those times last forever. They don't time will always heal. Right. Yeah. Um, it's going to get better, you know? And I think that's, that's where we use sports, right? Especially in wrestling, right? You lose a match. Guess what? You got another one. Are you going to feel sorry for yourself now and cry yourself to death now? Are you going to pick yourself up and get ready for your next one? Right. You know, 
But it's, and I think that's how we use, that's how I use it in life. Boom, your girl breaks up. Like, how, how sad or you're going to feel like, hey, you got a job interview the next day or are you, you're going to feel sad or, or you didn't get that sale. Are you going to salt about that or are you going to move on to the next one? Short term memory, you're going to move on. And I think that's the thing that I help with definitely with our kids, like preparing life and sports, right? Like it, life is hard, bro. <laughs> life is hard. Wrestling is really hard. You know, it's also really fun. It's also, it like, um, it helps develop a person you are. You get to go into these deep, dark, like, like spaces to help discover the person you're going to be, you know? And at the end of the day, like, it's always going to be okay, dude. Just, if you just keep working, it's going to be okay. Yep. Dude, I like what you said about, you were kind of, you were talking about thankful, grateful. And dude, it's, that's such an important thing to have and an important thing to recognize like daily. Right. And and I kind of go through ebbs and flows of this. Um, You know, I have my times where I feel bad and whatever, and this and that. And I'm, Dude, I'm, I'm really blessed. I'm really thankful. Like I am grateful. Like we, we have a great club and, 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 and God's really, you know, like blessed me and I'm, and I'm appreciative, but I also know at the same time, like, Hey, at any moment, like you never know, like something could happen and be taken from you. Like, yeah. <laughs> dude. I'm sure you've seen your fair share of things. Oh, dude. Like it's, it's, uh, like how many times have we talked on the phone of like this happened and then. And then one week we trade off. And I'm like, well, bro, this is what happened. And we're just on the phone, just written. And it's just like, it, and at the end of the day, we always are just like, everything's going to be okay. Right. Like they're right. Like, uh, it, there, there's, there, there's, uh, like if you read the book, like the obstacle is the way. No. Great, great book series. There's a couple book series on it. Um, you know, but it, it is those tough things. Like even, even the things we talk about on the phone sometimes, Hey, we had this situation or kid get hurt or, you know, parent, parent had something that came up or, you know, this happened or that kid left me, you know, for another, whatever those kind of things, isn't there like a little bit of, I don't know for you, but when I step back, I try to to, to look at it and be grateful and be thankful for these hard moments in life, because yeah. just like the good moments, the hard moments don't last. Right. Yeah. Yes, the hard moments do take um, intentionality. Like the good moments take intentionality too. Both both don't change. I try to teach like my kids is like the hard times and the good times, they're different in, in different ways, but both require a skill of, of being intentional in both. When you're going through good times, you still have to be thinking about, hey, how what's the next mountain I'm going to get to? Or what's the next place I'm trying to get to? And, and, and thinking about that where... You, you're, you're, and then on the, on the bad times, you're thinking about it a little bit different way. Like that pressure's compressing. And sometimes you feel like surrounded by everything and it's like, you can't move, but really you just kind of, kind of, kind of trudge to the next best place. It's like one foot in front of the other kind of, kind of thought process, but eventually like you get it going, you get it going and, and you walk out of it. Right. Um, yep. and, and so being like, being grateful, like being appreciative for those, those, those tough moments in life. They're really hard to do when they're in the moment, like to step back and, and find the silver lining. Like, dude, for me on a more personal one, like overnight, my mom basically got Alzheimer's. It was a whole crazy story of, of how it all happened, you know, but literally overnight I went from like a normal conversation that, that we were having to like, I never got to have those normal conversations again. And yeah. 
changed on a dime, you know? Um, and through all that, like it was a really tough time, but trying to be thankful and appreciative for whatever things I could find kind of kept me going. Right. And, and eventually you kind of, you walk out of it and you, you develop, but th there is a beauty. And I, I don't know if that's the right word I want to say, but I, but there is a certain beauty in the tough moments of life that really allow us an opportunity to be grateful, to be thankful, to thank God, to appreciate like God for what he's, he's given and how he's blessed us and, and to be slow down and, and, you know, right. Like just to be simple as dude, I can like, I can pick up a water bottle today and, 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 and drink water, you know, like yep. it, it's, it's something so simple as that, but so easy to forget. Right. Yeah, man. Like I, I, I think like, um, we like it's uh when you meet people i think the beautiful thing about sports too and uh like us we came from two different backgrounds but bro like how how much do we like love each other and talk to each other and stuff like that right and i think that's what sports brings too though too um bringing people from different backgrounds and respecting them and stuff like that right and then helping each other out just in life you know which is completely huge you know um it's uh I do. I I had teammates that were like country bunking, hunting <laughs> camo out. Didn't understand it, and then I actually went to their life, and pretty cool. Like you know, and I respect it. You know, like you know, and I think uh, going back to like the thing with your mom and stuff like that. Like it's uh, dude. Like it's yeah. Do you just cherish stuff in life? You know, and I think that's what wrestling brings you. Wrestling is not an easy sport, bro. bro. You know. Hard, <laughs> hard sport. Someone always said, I think it was Mark Perry. I'm trying to remember. I've had a lot of coaches over the years, but wrestling is the closest fight you're going to ever get in without getting like, fight. like, I think people get confused. Like it's a, uh, it's a combat sport, bro. It's a combat sport. You know, the one biggest thing uh, I love, maybe it's a, uh, <laughs> People are going to start figuring this out. I love sneaking behind people's corners when I don't have kids coming up against a really good coach just to see their coaching analogy of what they say, right? But at the same time, kids are different, right? I can't, I can't speak to Jesse the way I speak to Elijah because they're two different people, right? When Manny won in the blood round, you told him, like, hey, Manny, you have to make it to a fight. Bro, we have to make I, it to a fight. You know, so Manny's man, man, got a pretty, you know, maybe not him as much, but like mom and dad, man, tough, like <laughs> tough backgrounds. And <laughs> he's, you know, he's he's a Mexican, comes from that background, Latin. Some of my best friends are Latin, Mexican, like Filipinos, Mexicans tend to tend to get a, to, to get along really well. But like one thing I know about like like just Mexican kids in general is like for the pride and the fight and and. I mean, they'll, 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 they'll keep punching and punching until they die. Right. Like you oh, dude. that, that, oh, dude, to attest to that, my boxing coach was the Mexican national, like he was the national team, Mexican boxing coach. And I just remember like, I'm the only like American, like his, his house is next to Tijuana. He had a backyard and he had like an own little boxing ring and everything playing like, playing Mexican music while I'm boxing and stuff like that. And just tough. My biggest fights ever is 
when I see them, it's always a Mexican or a Russian. <laughs> and I just know that like, they're not going to die, bro. They're not afraid to die. They're going to keep coming forward. And like, I, I need to go to like, I'm pretty much crawling off the mat to beat this person. Yeah. That's who they are. Different, different worlds, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if we're talking about like, kind of back to that, like where I was going, I was like, Hey, like basically Manny, I was like, Hey, this is a fight, bro. Like this dude came after your family, this dude, I had to make it that, you know, for that moment, for that specific moment, for that kid, right. Every athlete yeah. different. I tell another athlete that, and they're going to look at me like, like with wide eyes. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? You know? But, um, dude, and it, this is a really interesting thing because, and you know, I'm not sure how many, my, my, my parents will listen to this, maybe, maybe a few will, who knows, but those who do, who, who aren't, um, like who, who are in rooms, but recently we've been going through renovation. So we asked all our parents to wait outside for the last, we're going on the third week now. And first it was a little bit of a challenge. Now pretty much everyone waits outside. They drop the kids off. The kids come in, we run practice and it has been incredible to have the kids attention. You know, you don't have mom, parent, you know, kid looking over at mom and dad, you know, kid trips, you know, may, maybe he hurts himself. He, maybe he doesn't, but you know, what does a kid do when they get hurt? They're going to look to mom and dad naturally. Right. Like that's yep. not, I'm not, I'm not hating. I'm just saying like, that's a pretty natural reaction. I was still doing that when I was, you know, like I got hurt or whatever. I, I would, you know, I, I would, I would tell, tell my mom, you know, I've might have been in college, but, um, the thing is about it, that's been really nice is being able to really mold these kids and you drop a kid off to school in a classroom, you're not there with them, you know? And so the great thing has been, we've been able to mold them. And one of the things we've really been encouraging and talking about lately is like, Hey, wrestling is a fight. And you know what? Like sometimes you are going to get elbowed and hopefully it's not on purpose. Yeah. You know, I've had kids who do get like, who do get, who do get pretty feisty. And if they do, I'm like, we'll stop it. But it's an interesting balance because I've also had to tell kids who like, who, who say like, yeah, he yelled me this or that. I'm like, well, here's the way that you stop somebody from doing that. And I'm not, I'm not condoning it, but I'm also saying you can fight back. Like if somebody, if somebody gives you like a, a, a cheap shot, you, you know what stops them? Bro, like it, you gotta, yeah, do it back to them. You meet that force head on, right? Yeah. And, and they're, that's going to check them a little bit like, okay, they're going to think twice about this. But you know what? Here's the thing, dude, is it's real life, right? Like those are real life things where like life is going to hit you. Like something is going to happen. And, and if you do not like, if you do not learn how to like punch back at some things, and fight back at some things. Again, I'm not telling kids to, Hey, somebody does this. You need to punch them back, but you also need to be willing to like, to step into a firefight and exchange when, when you have to, right? Like you got to be willing. Cause that's life, dude. Life is, life is tough. So it's an interesting dynamic to, to teach to kids that like, cause we have a mixture of kids too, right? Like we have kids that are, you know, from wealth, your background, the kids that aren't somewhere in the middle, but, but, but hopefully teaching them all like, dude, it, it's, it's only a matter of time. Like, you know, if you're not punching for someone else is, and again, like, hear me say this, like parents that are listening, I'm not condoning that and saying, but I, but I also do believe like there has to be a level of, of like grittiness and, and there has to be a level of fight back. Wrestling is a tough sport. You know, yep. you, you check somebody back most of the time they're, they're going to, they'll, they'll, it'll at least they're going to open their eyes a little bit. Okay. You know, it, you know, that's how you know yeah. who knows what happens that's, there but yeah like it's 
I was just talking to my, my admin and talked about his son wrestling because he wrestled at a tournament down south from us. And I was like, how does matches go? And he goes, not good, dude. Like, I'm like, what happened? And he goes, bro, he goes, the kid kept on calling him, pushing him forward, extremely aggressive, right? And he kept on backing up. I was like, for me, as a coach, I'm like, oh, hell no, bro. Like, like, I'm like, bro, like, we fight like that in a room all the time, dude. Like, what? I'm like, you have to stand your, you have to stand your ground. Pretty much, you got to stick up for yourself. Yeah. Don't let nobody push you like that. I'm like, do it back to them. You know, like, it's, it's, uh, like, I'm very big on, like, uh, Dean taught me that just like, hey, if you stand your ground and you own your ring, like, it's a big presence of you, right? When you're up in the middle, and, and, you know, and you're pushing them out and, and you're that type of wrestler, like, it's kind of like a dick boo, but it's, it's like psychological, like battles. Like you're the guy that's not letting them back in the circle. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like it's, it does a lot on their mental, bro. Like, you know, just like I own the center. Like, this is my, this is my mat. Like you need permission to come back in. Yeah. You know, like it's huge. It's huge psychologically. Like, and I think like it's huge though too. It's like he came out there, like he's at the rough coach, like just like he's like, hey, go out there and smack him with the hardest call it tie ever. And he goes, let him know that you're here to wrestle. Right. It does stuff to people because they don't do it back. You can see in their eyes, they're like, shit. Like, you know, right there, like you already won that match, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like he's done. He, he's done mentally. Like, and I seen it done, and I seen it done to like some of my newer kids coming up too. Just other kids are aggressive and he boom, he back. And as soon as I see him take a couple steps back, I'm like, damn. Like, it's like for us, it's just like, oh, he doesn't want to wrestle. Yeah. Right. That's the kid's thinking, you know? Yep. Like, you know, so it's, it's huge, dude. Like, you got to push back. You got to fight back. It's a yep. combat sport. You have to. Yep. And you've got to have that. And from like strategic, dude. You, you, you mentioned earlier about like the better you get and like the higher up you go in wrestling, you know, obviously it starts very big with concepts and moves and different things like that. But as you go up, like triangle gets a little, it gets a little smaller and the details become more important and strategy is the same way, right? Like I'm, I'm a firm believer, like my kind of thought process, this goes back to John Smith and, and him talking about his training. And he was saying, I would train, I would be, I put myself in all these different positions in practice and I wasn't afraid to lose in practice because when I got on the mat, I just wanted to be comfortable. You know, I wanted to be comfortable being in those, uh, um, right. Like just being in those situations. Um, and I lost my train of thought. I had a whole thought <laughs> that was going right. Oh, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. Um, but, but Hey, well, <laughs> we can pretty much end it. Yeah. On. <laughs> we can't end it on that. I was how you, how you want to end it then? Where was he going with that? And it's going to come back to me, I know. To me a little later on today. Where I'm, I'm, uh, I'm thinking about something. And you're like, hey. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Um, you know, but I, 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 I think point being with it, man, is like the, 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 the great thing with wrestling and, and loving the sport, right? And, and what it does and being thankful for, for the hard times and all that. It's just, is, is, is what it really does for, for, for athletes and people and kids. How many times have you heard a parent come up to you and be like, dude, I wrestled and 
you know, it wasn't that long. It was the toughest thing I ever did. I only did it for two years or three years. And, 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 but you know what, that, that really hardened me. That made me tougher for the things that I had to face in life and, and made me great at what I did or, or, or business or becoming a, a surgeon or whatever, you know, there, there, there's such a, there, there's such an amazing thing about this sport that does, um, it, 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 it does make you harder. Like it does make you tougher. It does like, you know, it, 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 it strengthens you, you know, and that's, that's what I love about, um, one of the things that I love about it is just how, like how tough and how prepared wrestling made me for life and the situations that, um, you know, I was going to face or I would face and I'm still are going to face. Right. That's a percent. A thousand percent, dude. Like it's huge, man. It's huge. And we can let that. You want that to be your parting words, Chase? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm 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 good with that. You know, I think that got that point across of the impact wrestling's had in in, in my life and what really trying to use it for. So nice, man. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> my parents are pretty much uh Pretty much the same, man. Like um, wrestling uh, definitely helps you get prepared for life's the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs. Um, I think uh, my parting words as well is uh, from me and Chase talking about Chase going with John Smith, pretty much a legend, and hunt him down to just train with him. Me doing the same thing with like John Fitch and like Dean Lister. And I think, uh, hey, um, don't be afraid to reach out go to those people, um, have a notebook, ask lots of questions and do things that, uh, is going to set you apart. Get in, ask your coach for a key, get in, try to train extra. And, uh, that's it, bro. <laughs> yup. <laughs> place. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.